It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Masper the Kyle Reese. Merry Christmas. Figure we'd hit a couple of staples here for everybody. Break it up because it is going to be a very long morning for us. We got tons to talk about. Tons of comments already pouring in on the Ramosaw.com text line. You guys are up early. Up early on Christmas. Maybe you're up with the kids or, you know, wrapping gifts before the kids get <laughs> up or, you know. I don't know. It's too late for last minute shopping, right? If you didn't get the shopping in now, you're kind of screwed, I guess. All right. First up in the morning brew, Sean Payton talked about the margin for error. Uh, a disappointing finish, real frustrating game in, in that. Man, we were, we had a lot of opportunities, I felt, especially in the first half. Um, offensively, we struggled. Um, it tipped our, tip our hats to New England. Um, we fought back in it, and yet, um, I, you know, I said to the team, there were six or seven different situations in that game that any one of those play out a little differently, but unfortunately, they didn't, and our margin for error right now isn't what it needs to be, and, and uh, we end up on the losing end of the game. So, any questions? All right, so what's interesting is, you know, that's a lot of what we're talking about. The the conversation and, and the little mini argument that we had is basically because I'm, I'm saying I don't like the approach to the situation, and the point that you were making is, Look, there. it's not that it was just that one situation. It comes down to many different situations over the course of a football game, and they got to go your way. And last night, they caught more bad breaks than they got breaks. Caught more bad breaks, didn't execute. They were, what, one of six on third down at one point. That was ugly. Yeah, I think they ended up four of 13. Yeah, you. good things come to those who hustle. They didn't execute. No, they didn't execute last night. And he talked about margin for error, right? And that's why I had such a problem with the beginning of the game is because take the three, take yeah. the three. You don't have the margin for error, even if it's the Patriots, and you should have it. Kyle, they should have the margin for error, but they don't. They well, just don't. And, but that's his way, and he's not clueless. Right, right? you're right. It's, it's yeah. his way of saying we're not good enough to overcome those type of mistakes. But I had a problem because he coached like they were. There's the ego. Yeah. That was, what, that was the problem yeah. that I had. Yeah, it's it. the plight of a coach. you, you yeah. got to overcome your own ego. Yeah, and I think he's going to learn a lot from this season overall. You know, there's a lot of conversation. We talked about the blame pie, who gets a bigger slice, and there's a lot to go around. So, you know, make sure you bring your appetite here. Sean's got to take half of it. Pie. Right? You can, you can divvy up the other 50%, but he's got to take half the blame. You think that much? I think so. Right? Be well, because players take wins, coaches take L's. Okay. So he's got to take half of it at least. All right, well, let's get back into it because I think it's interesting. I don't really have a percentage, but I think That'd it's a good fun. conversation yeah. worth having, a blame pie. On the text line, in fact, 303-713-1043, if you had to divvy up your slices of the blame pie, who's getting the biggest piece? All right, next up in the morning, Brew. Russell Wilson disappointed at a close loss. You know, I kept telling the offense, let's just not give up, not give in, not give up, not give in. You know, we're going we're gonna to find a way to come back and uh, tie this game up. We knew we had to go get a touchdown, we knew we had to get a two-point conversion. We knew we had to get another touchdown, another two-point conversion. That's what we did, um, you know, and, um, we, you know, we thought that we were going to be, be able to win that game. I thought everybody battled. This meant a lot to us all. Um, and Zing Garway. When you're cutting up that pie, make sure you save a slice for us. <laughs> He's hungry, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's hungry, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Russell last night, I thought, fought pretty valiantly at the end to get them back in that game. But it's the same story it's been all year. If you're that dude in the fourth quarter, why are you not that dude in the first three quarters? Right, and unfortunately, it reared his head very early on in the game. Matter of fact, the third offensive play from scrimmage for them. So, again, it's who he's been all year. He's been off script. He's been off schedule. There wasn't a different rust last night. It was just you didn't have any help from your play calling. And then you got, what do you say, five offensive series inside their own territory that they couldn't cash in on? In the first half alone. Negative 15 yards in the third quarter. Seven points out of five trips inside New England territory in the first half. It's not good enough. But it's, it's not different from who they've been all year. And the crazy thing is they did have margin for error to survive that. They did. But they couldn't get it done when it mattered most late in the game because Russ did enough to get them back. But as the old adage goes, it's easy to come back, and it's not easy to come back and win. Yeah. Second right. time this year. Commanders. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, Houston? Houston? I mean, they were, damn, they were right there, Kyle. I, I mean, they were the, right there. The beat goes on. I mean, when you live and die right on, on the wire, you're going to get caught sometimes. Uh, next up in the brew, Shannon Sharp says, it might have been a good thing the Broncos didn't end up keeping their playoff hopes alive. This is the best thing. Because you know what, Ocho, sometimes you can make the playoff and it gives you a false sense that we're close. Right. The Broncos aren't close. They're not. Right. And all the playoffs would have done would have fooled them. It would have fooled our fans in yeah. Bronco country, and it would have fooled a lot of the mm -hmm. players. See, I told you, we made the playoff. Bro, y'all not close. You don't have yeah. enough. You, you don't have enough playmakers. Uh, you don't have enough playmakers on the defensive side. I think I think Shannon's got a real point there, and it's something that I think even you brought that up too, right? You kind of get a false positive. You make the playoffs. You, you fool yourself into thinking that you're close. And I know a lot of people on the text line over the last few weeks have have kind of said that about the Broncos and making the playoffs. And you and I talked about it on Sunday last week after the Lions game. Well, give me a reason to be excited. Right? Give me a reason to be excited. And it's kind of because we know there's a bunch of missing pieces here. Yeah. Listen, when people tell you who they are, you got to believe them. Mm. The Broncos have been telling you who they are all season. Right. You got to believe them at this point. So it's something that probably needed to happen so they can make the decisions that they need to make. And now you've got justification behind all of them in the offseason in terms of personnel. Yeah. <laughs> what an offseason it's going to be. It's going to be a it's gonna Broncos be a, country. Yeah, yeah. Buckle up. But it's kind of the risk that you took when you decided to stand pat at the deadline that if it really doesn't work out and if we want to look at everything numerically, the biggest statistical likelihood is that you end up in football purgatory where you're not in the playoffs, but you're not in the top 10 of the draft and you're just there. And we'll discuss how they handle that and what's next because I don't think there are clear-cut answers. I really don't. Maybe there are. But we'll parse them out a little bit later. All right, last up in the brew. Don't worry, y'all. The Broncos, they brought coal for Christmas. But Serbian Santa Claus, he's on the way. Remember that game last year? Christmas night. The Suns and the Nuggets. Aaron Gordon buried the, buried the Suns with that dunk in the closing seconds. That was electric. The Nuggets and Warriors today at 12.30 on ABC, the second game of the NBA's Christmas slate. It's okay, guys. 
<laughs> Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are here to save Christmas. It's okay. It, they are here to save Christmas. Do you have any issue with them being part of the early slate and not more in that primetime window? Well, it's primetime for the East Coast. So, honestly, it's respect that the Nuggets don't typically get. Yeah, okay. I, I And the Heat are playing later, so it's kind of like, was it's this just backwards. a flip? It is. Yeah. I would much rather have the Nuggets game later in the day, if I'm being perfectly honest. Although, we do have Ravens and 49ers tonight, so it's going to be nice to have the Nuggets middle of the day and then get to watch that Ravens 49ers game with full attention because it could be a Super Bowl preview. You're going to get your sports fix today. Yeah, you are. It's going to be an interesting slate of games, and we'll get into Christmas viewing and what you need to be watching as uh, clearly not the Broncos playoff mm. hopes mm. anymore. All right, okay. more of your reaction on the other side. I also just want to take a look, you know, inside kind of both of our notebooks here and see what we jotted down from the game. So uh, we'll get into all of that stuff and much, much more. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. Merry Christmas, y'all. Let's try to make the best of it. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal.